Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. This podcast is brought to you by Braintree. If you think that your payments system exists solely for the purpose of transferring money from a customer's wallet to yours, think again. Braintree. Rethink payments. Learn more at braintreepayments.com slash Forbes. This is Forbes Under 30 on Podcast One. And I'm your host, Steve Goldblum. On the Forbes Under 30 podcast, we talk to young innovators, disruptors, and entrepreneurs. Today, I'm sitting down with Michael George. He's a talent manager at the prestigious SB Projects Scooter Bronze Company and is helping to build the electronic dance music division over there. He's supporting the careers of Martin Garrix, the DJ behind the hit song Animals and Eden. Michael, thanks for coming in. How's it going, Steve? It's going well, man. Thank you for doing this. Uh, where, where are you no based? Problem. So I live in L.A. now for the last four, four and a half years. Okay. Is it true that when you were younger, you were organizing events at the temple, like in the ninth grade, like putting on promoting shows? Yeah, that is the truth. Uh, I think it was uh, 2004. Um, that was yeah. That was ninth grade. It started at this Knights of Columbus. You, you definitely are under thirty. I'm, yeah, I'm twenty eight. There you go. So unpack that for us. Where were you? Where did you grow up? Oh God, sorry. So we're starting now. Oh yeah, we're <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we're starting. You're in, uh, and I know you're from just outside uh, New York, like East, you're like Merrick, right? Uh, yeah, Merrick, Long Island is where I'm from. Okay. So basically, I grew up my whole life in Merrick, Long Island. And, um, you know, fell in love with music at a super young age. My parents uh, were both very musical, um, my grandfather as well. And then, you know, as you grow up, uh, as I grew up, Napster came into uh, into play when I was in elementary school. And, you know, I get, you know, pirating is obviously wrong, but right. down, you know, doing it then was kind of like fun. And I was a little kid and I remember making burn CDs for my friends all the time to share the new music. And then as you kind of get into high school, as everybody kind of finds their click, uh, I was never an athlete. And so I, and I was never into sports. My parents, you know, that wasn't something we did. We never watched sports right. really. Um, and I was never any good at it. Uh, but basically in high school, um, or maybe I started middle school, I started going to concerts and then in high school, we started going to these shows at this place called the Knights of Columbus. It was like a 99 capacity uh, room. And there were these you know, emo, screamo, pop punk shows. And it was just a ton of kids uh, in this tiny little sweaty room and having the best time of our lives. And so like every Friday night, we would go there. And, um, you know, they were all ages, obviously. So 15-year-old kids could get in there or however old we were. And... Uh, at a friend's birthday party, you know, like I remember yeah. uh, he mentioned to me, you know, Mike, like we keep getting screwed over by these promoters. Uh, and, you know, 
we're not getting paid or whatever it may be. And so that was kind of the catalyst for everything. I just, I just decided, you know what, I'm not really good at guitar. I'm not going to be in a band and I'm going to give this a shot. And, uh, you know, I borrowed, I think it was 250 bucks from my mom. Right. We went and met with an older man who ran the Knights of Columbus and he rented me the room and that $250 turned into, uh, you know, $2,500 and kind of the, the rest was history. It just kind of spiraled from there. So you would say you had a talent early on for the business, the business side, but also a t- for spotting talent. Yeah, I think it was a mixture of both. I mean, you know, some of the bands that we worked with, uh, you know, that I worked with from 15 onwards became signed to major labels. And, you know, there was even a meeting. I think I was 16 at the time. There was this band, uh, Envy on the Coast, and you know, I was convinced they were going to be the world's, they were like one of the biggest bands ever, you know, and they're still one of my favorite bands of all time. And I remember having a meeting uh, at the time at a partner and we were in his parents' basement and they came over and we had this agreement all ready to go, or we were trying to brainstorm what it was, but then they realized that they couldn't really sign with me because I was under 18 and, right. you know, my dad was going to have to come into play. And I think that kind of scared them off. So <laughs> Yeah, you work with um, you know you work at a really prestigious firm. Why don't you tell us the firm? So I work with uh, Scooter Braun at SB Projects. You know I look after Martin Garrix and Eden, and our roster includes artists like Justin Bieber, Kanye West, Ariana Grande, David Guetta, Tori Kelly, uh, just to name a few. And now a quick break to tell you that a curious thing happened to FreshBooks on its way to becoming the largest cloud accounting software platform for small business owners in the world. As a company, they've managed to stay small while soaring to over 10 million users strong, or is it the other way around? Has FreshBooks' customer base soared because their company has stayed small? Named as a small giant on Forbes' list of best small companies this year, FreshBooks has been recognized for focusing on greatness over growth. By drastically simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses and getting paid online, and delivering award-winning customer service that usually picks up in under three rings, FreshBooks has changed how small business owners deal with their day-to-day paperwork. This is really only a fraction of what FreshBooks can do, and they want you to see more. To claim your 30-day free trial, no credit card required, just go to freshbooks.com slash Forbes and enter under 30 in the How Did You Hear About Us section. So it's it's um, it's you know obviously held in high regard the firm uh, and do you what 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 was it that brought how did you get how did you get their attention in the first place how, where were you because you graduated from Syracuse right yeah so I went to Syracuse University I studied in the Bandier program which is Marty Bandier's uh, an endowed program by him at Syracuse University that takes twenty five kids uh, a year. Um, and my year was actually the first year because basically throughout high school, I was always booking these shows. So I kind of, and I always knew I was going to go to college, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so it became, let's find a school where you can study the music business. Uh, and every school required you to also play an instrument and do a tryout. And I wasn't prepared for that at all. Um, and the Bandier program was strictly just the music business. It didn't involve like a playing an instrument component. So I ended up going to that school. And while I was there, I ended up working. Uh, you know, they put a big emphasis on being entrepreneurial 
And, you know, I was able to get credits for things like running my own uh, a web design and social media marketing company. I was able to get credits for working on managing my first client, this artist named Huddy Allen. Um, right. And kind of everything came, the connection to Scooter came because uh, one of um, the, one of the, um, I guess she was the year after me. Her name was Olivia Zaro. She was Scooter's old assistant, and we were really close. And as I was transitioning from managing Hoodie Allen uh, on, I called up Olivia, and she was like, hey, I think you should meet with Scooter. And that's kind of where it all started. And so and what year is that that you're signed on? Um, Josh, hold on. Let me think about it. You graduate 2011, right? You graduate 2011. I think I'm here. 2013. So that That's, same year, 2013, they send you to Miami. Yeah, it's no joke. It was um, basically I, I I fly out to LA. I think it was January 18th. Um, I fly out to LA one way ticket. You know, I don't have much of a savings. Right. I take uh, this meeting with Scooter. His plane is delayed. I'm like sitting outside this guy's house for like two or three hours with no yeah. answer and no phone calls back. You know, I, they finally land. Olivia calls me. We're on our way. We have a meeting, and he just said, "You know, come work with me." Uh, you know, and he asked me, "What hip hop artist do you want to sign?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I really love dance music, um, and you know, I think that's something we should be you should be looking into and considering working." With. I said, "Okay, like go do whatever you want, basically." And kind of gave me carte blanche to to you know, take a couple swings uh, and try to figure it out. And Did they have a wing uh, focusing on electronic dance music at that time? No. So you're uh, the first, we, which is yeah, we, unbelievable. We, we hadn't, right. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, he Scooter hadn't d- dove into dance music just yet. Um, and I basically came out and I think, you know, so we met in January. I think I was a, a started actually as an employee like the first week of March and ultra was a week and a half or two weeks later. So I drew up a budget and said, Hey, you know, can I go down there? Uh, and to, know, to, Miami, to Miami music week, right? To Miami music week. Correct. Which is all EDM. Is it? Which is all exactly all dance music. Yeah. So where, when did Martin Garrix enter? I mean, did you just see him randomly or had you heard anything Fill, fill that picture in. <laughs> so basically, I'm down in Miami that week. I'm splitting a room with three other guys. Uh, we're really bootstrapping it, you know. Um, and basically, a friend of mine, we were at a pool party, and he was like, hey, I want you to meet this guy, Martin Garrix. I said, hi, I shook his hand. He's 16, you know, 17? He, yeah, I think he was. He might, he might have even been 50 God. at that point, and just turning 16 right. would have been in May, I think. Um I would have to double check. And is he? Where's he from? Amsterdam. He's from Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. he grew up in Amstelveen, a little town outside of Amsterdam. And so, essentially, we 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 meet down there. And honestly, I don't think anything of it because I understand that he already had management. Um, and you know, uh, the, one of the first things Scooter ever said to me was like, "We will never ever poach a client that is not in our business model." Like we, you right. know, uh, and of course, that was not something I was interested in, but. Basically, I uh, a, a week later, the same friend said, you know, why don't you connect with this with Martin? And I was like, you know, he already has a manager. And he said, well, maybe they, they want some U.S. representation. Right. And that's kind of how it all started. So 
I had a quick Skype with Mar, Mar, Martine, which is his actual name. Ah. And he, um, you know, he instantly introduced me to his uh, management team from the Netherlands and, you know, kind of spent the next couple of months uh, crafting what that relationship would look like. Um, and the rest is kind of history. Was there a moment where you heard him or you saw him? I mean, I, you talk about how uh, charismatic he is. I've seen him perform and 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 he's incredible and and you know he's so um successful with with everything that he's accomplished at such a young age was there a moment where you heard him do something where you thought i've just never heard anything like that i mean listening to all of his records like uh bfam and keygen that were already out there was just this level of sound design and this this ear for melody that was just like so incredible um, you know, they just were infectious. They stuck in your head. Um, and they were, uh, you know, it, it just sounded like something totally new and fresh. And I mean, it was, it was on, it was on a Skype call, uh, that he played me animals, um, right. for the first time, you know, he came onto a Skype. I think it was uh, late. It was either early morning for me or whatever it was or late night. You know, the time difference. Yeah. All I remember was he was very excited and he was like, I couldn't sleep all night. You know, I need to play this song. Uh, and that was Animals. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Braintree. When it comes time to check out, consumers have come to expect a wide range of payment options. Or, to be more accurate, there are a wide range of consumers out there and every one of them expects you to offer them their preferred payment method. Oh, sure, you can look at this as a hassle, but Braintree would suggest that you look at it as an opportunity. When you rethink your payments, it's easy to let your customers have it their way. Braintree. Rethink payments. Find out more at braintreepayments.com slash Forbes. And there's also FreshBooks, which is a ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software for small business owners that saves you time and gets you paid faster, now used by over 10 million people worldwide. For your 30-day free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash Forbes and enter under 30 in the How Did You Hear About Us section. If you YouTube animals, it has just shy of a billion views, just to give people a sense at home of the popularity of, of this kind of music and of Martin Garrix. It, lit- it literally has 998 million views. Um, and it's a fairly straightforward video, you know, where, where uh, people in mass are dancing, and I think they torch like a Honda Civic at the end of the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy. Was this – so is, is there something about like this style of music or, you know, when you have a DJ performing – I was just talking about this with my producer. How much room is there for improvisation um, in that type of music? I mean, it's pretty interesting because basically these uh, artists in this in this genre are really just mega talented producers. You know, these are people like Martin. He was he's basically a multi instrumentalist who is also super talented when it comes to using the computer and programming these sounds and writing these melodies. DJing gives them that outlet so they can go and, you know, they don't need to have a whole huge band or like an incredibly large orchestra to showcase this music anymore. They can go up and DJ. So um, when it comes to improvisation, when it's live, 
I mean, he really does have to read the crowd uh, and and determine where he's going to bring this show. And you know, and some some crowds are are harder to to get enthused than other crowds, so to speak. Um, and you've got to play and bring in different genres or layer this vocal on top of this record or you know speed up this record or whatever you may have to do to capture that audience. But the shows, which are phenomenally complex in terms of the lighting and all the technical aspects that goes into these massive shows, like I just saw him at Coachella uh, last month, was that's all planned ahead. I mean, the, the choreography and... So it, it's pretty wild. What, what basically happens is we brought in, uh, you know, we've worked with tons of people and we finally, we were finally so happy with our team and the show you saw at Coachella, that's years of work. Really? You know, that's essentially so much trial and error, so many, uh, you know, just trying to, to get on the same creative page with different lighting designers and video uh, designers, etc., and that was kind of the culmination of like we finally got feel very happy with where we're at. Um, basically, a guy like Garrix, uh, he doesn't pre-plan his sets in regards to like some artists may have to because of all of this lighting and design elements may actually have to like pre-program a set so that the people you know so that every cue is correct. Right. Our shows, you know, he is always throwing a curveball. So, like, the most pre-planned it will get is that he works on what he thinks a set list will be, you know. And that way, the lighting designer and the VJ can come prepared. Uh, but they always have to be ready for a curveball or for him to completely change up the order, um, which is pretty much every single time. And, though, you know, the, um. You know, and basically those guys prepare for any scenario, but they do know, and we, we have these backroom discussions like, okay, for this song, we like the lasers to go now, and this right. lighting look looks great, or this color palette, this video makes sense, or this video doesn't make sense. But it's not, it isn't really pre, it's not pre-planned to a T, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not uh, pre-recorded, so to speak. It's all live. Uh, and even the VJ and the LD, that's all live. Um which is pretty crazy when you think about uh, how, you know, because of all these shows we were, we've done together, they were able to anticipate what's coming next. Right. Uh, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty special. It's funny. I was, um, you know, in preparation for talking with you, I was, I was re-listening to some of his music and of course the ads start coming up on the, whatever site I'm in for like EDC Las Vegas, that's coming up in June and tour dates and, and uh, where I'm curious, where do you guys advertise? How do you get the word out? How much of social media do you use? And who's the target audience? Who who are the people that you go after? Now, when you say advertising, like what what are you speaking about? Are you talking about advertising tickets for a show or advertising music? Or whatever if you want to market for a show, got it. I mean, really, we it's kind of insane, but we don't do that much advertising in the traditional sense of the word um what's you know, the non-traditional that you use uh, well i mean basically we're we're the majority of any budget that is ever spent on advertising is spent digitally uh and it's all spent pretty much on on whether it's through instagram or facebook etc right. um it's you know no print uh and and sometimes we'll do snipe campaigns in a different area you know in a, a location which are, you know, snipes are the things that go up on the walls. Right. Um, 
all over all over LA. Yeah, all over LA or all over Amsterdam, wherever the place yeah. may be. Um, but the thing is, the type of shows we do are a little bit different than a traditional pop or rock act. They are um, they are f- typically festivals or club plays. So, you know, we aren't doing any uh, advertising. You know, we, we might announce that we're doing it on social media, but that's kind of it. Um, you know, look, we just did three sold out Bill Grams. That's uh, in San Francisco. Right. That is what we refer to as a headline show. Mm-hmm. And so that was different. You know, that uh, takes some of that more, um, you know, both grassroots and, and paid advertising. But really, you know, that was that was pretty much blown out on on sale. So it didn't really take too much. But in terms of, I mean, a billion views on animals – what where what what kind of content are you pumping out on Snapchat and on Instagram? What's the most what's yielding the the, the highest return for you? What type of content do you put out there? Well, well, right now, content on Instagram has definitely been king for us, and it's been our strongest platform as of late. Um, but back when animals came out, Instagram was not nearly as big as it was. Right, and you know, truth be told, I think Martine had like probably 20,000 Facebook fans when animals started, Mm -hmm. you know? So really there was no, uh, it wasn't through any of his socials. I mean, that song is just a very special song at the right moment. Um, You know, it it has this infectious, uh, you know, building an incredible drop uh, that was just so pioneering. I think you can listen to the music that took place over the year following that. And you could tell that they they were all inspired by this 16 year old kid. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right too with incredible deals during our spring black Friday sale, like 19 ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our Spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Hey, everybody. This is Spike Ferrison from Spike's Car Radio. We're out here in the porch of uh, at the Malibu Kitchen at the Malibu Country Mart every weekend doing podcasts. My first guest is Jerry Seinfeld. He's right here. We're going to have Jeremy Piven. We're going to have Chris Hardwick. See you soon on Spike Scar Radio. I think he's over-projecting for a podcast. (laughs) And I love to over-project for podcasts. Join me every week at podcast1.com and Apple Podcasts. Upside, the smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. You save money and get a free Amazon gift card every trip you buy. Use the code Forbes and you're guaranteed at least a $200 gift card your first time using Upside. Save big on travel and get a big gift card, Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. Can you tell me how protective are you? And and I want to get into your role as the manager and just so people understand what managers do. But... You can imagine that that people are that those are really coveted commodities now. I mean, like the idea of of, of Garrick's posting anything or putting anything out on social is so deeply personal. Whatever he's going to put out there, but you kind of have to be protective over that. It becomes an asset for you as the manager, right? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, we basically the the, the most incredible thing is since Instagram has become, by in a way, his favorite to use. Mm-hmm. 
we are able to syndicate that content through the other channels. Um, and, you know, we see, of course, we see better return when every channel has the, their own individual personality. But, you know, sometimes that's not uh, that feasible. I mean, really, he, he fuels all of this. This is all his personality in your face. Like, the only times we're ever reaching out and saying, hey, Martine, like, you know, you need to, we need you to post this, like, is if it's, uh, you know, to announce, let's say, our residency in Ibiza or to right. discuss a brand endorsement. Other than that, it's really just, we're kind of following his lead on social media. Um, and I kind of, what I'm, what I'm noticing is I think that the artists who lead with their personality and who are not guarded and aren't like necessarily thinking too much about what they post and they're really just being them. Yeah. Those are the ones that are connecting like an artist like Halsey. If you look at her numbers on social media, she says whatever she wants to say and, and she doesn't hold back. And I think that makes an artist relatable. Um, and let's, you know, uh, potential fans and existing fans feel like they're part of someone's journey for real. So when if you, you partnered with seven up, uh, yeah, we did. Uh, we, we partnered with seven up for, I think it was two years. So when a company like that comes into the picture and let's say, and I, and I totally understand, you know, like maintaining and creating an authentic feed, but if seven up comes in and they say, you know, we've got this great idea that the, the, we want Garrick's to sort of like crack open a, a, a seven up. And we want them to, you know, whatever their idea is. And you think like, well, I don't know that that's going to be so authentic having them do it. Well, how do you manage the two? How do you how do you reconcile with those two things? You know, really, at the end of the day, they want to tap into the audience that we're already communicating so effectively with. So they're also very open to adapt to what we think is going to work best. Um, you know, there were times where we've been asked to post x y and z from a brand and, and we kind of without you know having too much of a back and forth kind of twisted the words a little bit or changed the photo to something that was way more organic and then the reach uh, is just exponential and the engagement and that you know it kind of just comes back to you know having faith in your partner so that was kind of the main backbone of the whole experience mm -hmm. with seven up was we were just so close with their team uh you know, with the uh, advertising agency and with the production companies they were using. So everything felt organic and was able to come from a place of real interest. Um, and, you know, it was we were able to communicate all of the messages that we needed to without ever feeling like we were selling out or anything. Right. You've said, if I'm not head over heels in love with them, I won't take them on as a client. Do you uh, Do you still feel that way? Oh yeah, about more time. 100%. Well, about anybody that you to any talent. Oh god. So I mean, when an artist comes to me and wants to work together, or when I discover an artist, mm -hmm. I, you know, I basically take a bunch of time. Some people will fall in love and they want to sign it right away, but I, I like, I need to, uh, I need to both meet the artists themselves and get to build a relationship because we're going to be in the trenches every day together. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be working, you know, from the early right. mornings to the late night. Um, so we need to both, you know, we, I want to be friends. This should be about working with your friends. And that way it doesn't feel like work. And so that's one piece. But then when falling in love with the music and, and becoming obsessed with it is probably the most important piece. I mean, there were people who told me not to sign Martin, you know. Uh, and there were people who told me not to sign 
and Hoodie Allen before that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I kind of realized that like all my life, I've just been trusting my gut. And yes, of course, people turn me on to music all the time, but I also like to think I turn people on to music a lot too. So, you know, if, if I can't stop listening to an EP or a song on SoundCloud or whatever it may be, you know, it's probably worth it for me to reach out and, right. uh, and see what's going on and see if we can build a relationship. You know, I was watching this New York Times video with um, Justin Bieber and Skrillex. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but it was from a couple of years ago. And I've been watching Bieber. And you see how talented he is. And they're also trying to interview him and sort of reveal his personality and all the stuff that we read about him and see about him. And it's interesting because if you separate the two, you can appreciate – you watch these people grow up in this um, unprecedented spotlight, you know, like, like, like nothing else in terms of them being shot out of a cannon and available and exposed. You watch people grow up as teenagers that way. Uh, how, is that challenging for you to see people from like the age of 14, 15 and sort of guide them through into adulthood when they're, when they're on that, on the world stage? I mean, my experience is really limited to, uh, you know, Martin and Eden, uh, and, and Martin, obviously he has like this incredible family and this incredible, um, you know, this incredible group of friends from home that have kept him to be the same guy he was when we first started working together. You know, there's nothing that's changed, uh, you know, outside of the incoming inquiries and the amount of plays we get on a song in one day or the amount of likes on an Instagram photo. Like, you know, when it comes to his personality and who he is and, and his heart, uh, it's the same, you know, and, and I think that all comes from having like the, the you know, an incredible uh, support system and also like not forgetting about that support system, not, you know, moving on to the next group of friends. Like, of course he made new friends along the way. And of course they, you know, they come and join, et cetera. But, you know, the guys from his elementary and middle school and high school, they still travel like to probably nine out of 10 shows. One of them is there. And, you know, his parents join almost all the time. Uh, you know, uh, to all the big moments and, and then, you know, for ones that are easily accessible in Europe. And then I think our team here at SB Projects is a bunch of young, uh, like-minded professionals. And they all have, I think, like Scooter and the team here have done an incredible job of curating like really good people um, with the right moral compass. And so, you know, we all look at Marty like a, a brother. And, you know, I think we all look at each other like family. So, Surrounding everybody with, with that positive reinforcement all the time has definitely helped, for sure. Just taking a minute now to tell you that small businesses are the heart of our communities. They're the places we just could not live without. Whether you're looking to create a website for your business or a personal blog, you'll make a big impact when you build your site on WordPress.com. Even if you don't have experience building a website, WordPress.com can guide you through the process. They have hundreds of customized themes to get you started. You'll get built-in social sharing. And if you're on WordPress.com, you immediately have a leg up on everyone else when it comes to search engine optimization. On WordPress.com, you are part of a community with support 24-7, 
whenever you need it. Come see why nearly 30% of all websites run on WordPress. Get started today with 15% off any new plan purchase. Go to wordpress.com slash Forbes to create your website and find the membership plan that's right for you. That's wordpress.com slash Forbes for 15% off your brand new website. WordPress.com slash Forbes. For viewers, and, and I speak for myself too, unfamiliar you know, with the like, day-to-day or even big-picture responsibilities of a manager, can you break that down for us? Like, wh- wh- what, is in, what falls under your purview? So a manager is responsible to basically let the artist be an artist. So if we are there to help uh, drive attention to their art, and help them, you know, bridge the gap between art and commerce so that they can can stay in the studio and enjoy their life and continue to have the experiences that help them write these songs, you know. So we, uh, you know, at SB Projects, we have an incredible team um, that does everything from radio to uh, marketing and uh, digital and TV and film, et cetera. And so day-to-day responsibilities you tap on different buckets from the team uh, and also our partners in, in the Netherlands. And uh, essentially you're planning for the future. Uh, you know, when this release is going to come out, um, how we're going to do the rollout. But a lot of it comes back to branding uh, and marketing, you know, as a whole. Um, you know, it's a long-winded way of saying like we kind of help them continue to be artists so and and we handle everything else like in tandem with their vision right and is it the tip i mean i, I understand sort of in the in the theatrical film and television what is it, it you you do take 10 percent of their earnings is that how it breaks down as a manager uh, it, it all depends on every client but uh you know it could be as high as 20 or as low as 10 Okay. Somewhere in that range. And are, is there an agent as well, or do they just use? Industry? Yeah. So the the team for an artist typically breaks down to um, an agent who books shows, mm-hmm. um, and then a manager who is helping create value so that the agent can book shows, um, you know, and draw attention to that artist and help continue to grow them. Um, and then you have uh, the business manager, typically who make sure all the affairs are in order and everything is, uh, you know, done correctly. And an, and an attorney and that, you know, and then a publicist, that's kind of like, the <laughs> it sounds really like a lot of people. So there's and 45, there's 50% the off the top, right? <laughs> that's yeah, that's so, before taxes. Yeah, but there's I think a bunch okay. of different people, but when you build a really good core team, uh, everything gets to run more seamless and smoothly. And Michael, everybody gets along really well, right? <laughs> of course. Naturally. Always. Yeah. What are some of the, and you can give personal examples, you can not give personal examples, but what are the things that like you would bump up against? What, what are some of the challenges that you face when you do have a team? And like anything else, you know, it can become tricky. You know, sometimes you just have a vision that isn't shared with other people, you know, and you can feel so uh, emotionally invested in this idea and you believe in it and then you you know not everybody buys into that idea and you know sometimes it's about uh you know an education process or trying to convince it and then a lot of times it's about listening and trying to learn and at the end of the day it kind of all comes back to the artists and whatever they you know what their gut is saying you as the manager and correct me if i'm wrong but like the agent really is looking at booking gigs, right? Like looking at 
at hiring job, looking for work, the manager does have to have, is this true, more soft skills to like handle the client, develop the client. Is that true? Yeah, I think that is pretty accurate. I mean, we, we all work in tandem to develop, like, you know, when it comes to the touring strategy that is led by the agent, but it's also a very big discussion with management and the client, you know, um, in regards to the difference in skills. I mean, they're really interfacing with promoters, uh, whereas we're interfacing kind of across the board from, you know, with, right. uh, you know, with all the different pieces of the team. Um, and then just continuing to, you know, uh, come up with strategies to help propel the growth and then working with them to be like, this single is going to come out now. We probably should be doing shows around these places or whatever it may be. Um, so it kind of all works, uh, you know, all works together. What is your biggest fear? Is it that, is it that you go out back and have a snack and there's somebody else coming in to poach Garrick's or one of your clients? That would be my biggest fear. I would never want to leave their side. You know, I, I don't really have that fear of someone poaching a client. I think, you know, uh, we, we all build such incredible relationships w- with these artists. And, and I think, you know, everything will be what it'll be. And everything that happens is for a reason. So if, if a one day, you know, something is to happen, let's say, I don't, don't necessarily sit with fear of that time. I think, um, I'm not sure if that was eloquent. <laughs> no, no, no. I understand. But I mean, I, I, it would be, it must be a fear though. Right? Like I like, you said at the beginning that SB Projects has a philosophy that is we don't poach other people's clients. We try not to. Right? No, we, like, we, we never do. I mean, we, yeah. the only time that a conversation like that would ever start is because someone was looking to leave, let's say, right. or someone had just left. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the only way it And works. in that instance, it's never... a free country. Exactly. Well, and plus, we're, we're just not our, – our philosophy is that, like, we're trying to, like, learn from our friends and, right. and help everybody grow. There's enough to go around, you know? So we should all kind of you – know, look, I, I'm really fortunate. This is a young company with a bunch of really young, hungry people that work here. Um, but I've also built a, a pretty nice individual network with young, hungry managers, and we share pretty much all our secrets, if you want to call them secrets. You know, right. We're calling each other up and introducing each other to different people, uh, you know, telling each other how we got this song to chart at this position or you know, what we think happened, because we don't obviously know. But, but um, it's, a big, it's become a big family, I think, of young entrepreneurs who fell in love and decided to focus their energies on music. And we kind of tap each other uh, to grow together. Right. So I don't necessarily have a fear. You know, there's an unspoken thing that goes on with, with at least my young peers that like the moment someone mentions that they're going to try to sign this new artist, it comes off the table, you know? So everybody else who is mentioned to, you know, they're not now going to go looking right. to try to sign that guy. Okay. You know, if if it doesn't end up happening, okay, cool. Then I guess that person would say, "Hey, you 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 can go take a shot." But it, it was actually you know funny because I was guarded when I was signing Eden, and I was on the phone with one of my my peers, and I was like, "Hey, uh, yeah, you know, we we're discussing what's new, and I and I mentioned oh, I'm looking at this artist, but I didn't say who it was." And then because I didn't mention it, you know, next thing I knew, that guy was you know competing with me to sign him. 
Um, right. So the lesson was you, you have to speak up. Yeah, but exactly. And not, you know, of course you're going to meet people who don't necessarily share the same uh, morals or ethics that you do, of course. And, and some, you're going to get burned. And, but, you know, How if I'd spoken up, uh, then it, we wouldn't have been competing. And we're going to take a quick break now to say that I found the best way for you to buy travel. It is Upside.com. Here's why I like them and why everyone I talk to feels the same way. At Upside, you save money on travel and you get a free Amazon gift card worth $100, $200, even $300 every time. You get savings and a big gift card free. Here's how they do it. Upside bundles your flights and hotels together for one low price. Bundling saves a ton of money, especially on business travel. So they give you an Amazon gift card. Your company saves money and you still keep all your miles. And right now, when you use the code Forbes, you are guaranteed a free $200 Amazon gift card your first time. The code Forbes gets you a guaranteed $200 Amazon gift card. How can you not do it? Upside, save big on travel and get a big gift card every time Upside.com. That's Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. And the Forbes Under 30 podcast is also brought to you by WordPress.com. WordPress powers 27% of all websites, including the Forbes Under 30 blog. Get 15% off your new website today at WordPress.com slash Forbes. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes. How do you communicate that to a young client that's excitable and an artist and, you know, maybe wants to please people, is happy to be around people and can be, you know, distracted uh, by somebody coming? How, how do you respond to that with an artist? Uh, you know, I'm not outside of just continuing to do the best you can and, and always operate in the best interest of that client not really sure there's much you can do you're not you never want to you know put ill will against anybody else right um you know so it's really just about continuing to provide the same level of services that you always have and and you know uh, i think that's probably the most effective way of making sure that they don't want to go anywhere else right Right, and you don't want to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with you, except if, if it's Bieber, because I think you know. I, I gotta tell you, that, I gotta tell you, that is my number one rule that I always harp back on. And it, and I remember when I was working with Hoodie, uh, there was different, forget what it was, but it was different people that we wanted to work with, and we were feeling like every once in a while, like that person didn't want to work with us as much as we wanted to work with them. And, we, you know, and I keep coming back to that in, in, in the last couple of years. It's always been wanting to, you know, working with people who want to work with you and never really working to convince someone that they should be working with you. Like it really needs there's, – there's somebody out there who loves this just as much as you do and who wants it just as bad as you do. And you're going to find that person, and they're the right fit for the job. And when you have to convince someone, that means that you're going to have to convince them all the time, right. and you're going to always have to push them to work twice as hard or whatever it may be. So I think working with people who really want to work with you is probably the most important thing. Do you do you have mentors in the in the music business in the management business that you look up? People like the like old school people like Shep Gordon or anybody else that you you really admire? You know, look, I'm I'm fortunate to to work alongside Scooter, and I mean, uh, you know, he's a fantastic mentor and someone who basically just gave me a shot. Uh, you know, when I, my track record wasn't enormous, and he kind of let me run with it. Um, so I'm fortunate to have 
and Scooter in my corner. I, I went, went back with Hoodie. We worked with Kara Lewis, and she became a really great mentor. Um, and Kara, Kara kind of was one of the people I called, and I was like, hey, look, I'm going to this next step of my career. What do you think? And she said, you know, I believe in you. I think all you need to do is find someone to kind of back you and not necessarily join a huge firm, but just find someone who, who's going to kind of give you the blessing. And that ended up being Scooter. Um, you know, and outside of that, uh, whether it's guys like Justin Shukat at Primary Wave or you know, Rob Light at CAA um, or Rob Stevenson at right. Republic, you know, there's tons of different people that, or, or John Cohen at uh, Cornerstone and Vader, you know, I touched a lot of different people thanks to the Bandier program in Syracuse. And then as I've grown up and, you know, uh, interfaced with different record labels or agencies, I've made new friends and new mentors along the way. Great. But, but, you know, listen, Michael, is there anything that you're not doing now that you'd like to be doing? I've been on the road for like the last six or seven weeks, and I've (laughs) surfed like one day, I think. So I would really like to be surfing. (laughs) But, uh Oh, I guess I'm really looking forward to the future and continuing to work with, with artists, but also, you know, I would love to one day be in, in movies or TV or film. Okay. Uh, you know, and I think with time right now, I think the most important thing is to focus, I think on, on the clients that I have and, and continue to figure out how to scale as an individual manager without ever um, providing any less than. Uh, stellar services to any of my clients because I think at the end of the day these are people who are putting their lives in your hands like you are you know they are artists they are trusting you and and I got to make sure I'm always giving them um, that attention to detail that they deserve but yeah I would love to be surfing more well finally you know there's there's so much excitement and and professional incentive for you to find new talent so where where do you find where do you go to search for new talent and more generally where do you see EDM going? You know, new talent pops up kind of everywhere. Um, you know, I use, uh, I really check, basically word of mouth is probably key. You know, you have, I've built a network of friends. I trust their ears. People send me things early right when they hear it, you know, and those, whether they're uh, music industry peers or they're just like friends who work in different businesses or uh, different industry industries who I just, I've always talked about music with and shared similar tastes. Um, you know, that's how Martin came around. If it wasn't for my, my buddy Brett Kernan, like, you know, I might not have been clued on to him at the right time, you know? Um, and then when it came to Eden, I actually found him through hype machine, which, uh, you know, for everybody is, is a aggregator of blog posts right. and, uh, lets you stream, music that was posted all over the internet and it puts it into a nice popular chart. So like there was a period where I would like hit play on the first song on hype machine and then put it on in the background. And when things popped up, like maybe it was number 40 or number 50 or whatever it might be, I would go and do a little research. That's kind of what happened with him. I found him like number 25 or whatever it was. I went over to his SoundCloud. uh, I clicked play on the first one and SoundCloud plays through all the songs. And I noticed that I, it had changed over to another artist like an hour later. And that was the moment that I noticed that I didn't like it. (laughs) And that was, that was the moment that I was like, Whoa, like I just listened to an hour worth of this kid's music and I'm, I didn't hit (laughs) skip once, you know? Yeah. That'll stay with you. Um, well, listen, Michael, thank you so much 
for uh, giving us a little bit of your background. It's super interesting, especially to see how early on um, you got involved with this kind of music, and 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 clearly you had a talent for it. So it's uh, it was great to talk with you. No, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, I'm I'm really grateful for the opportunity and. and super excited and still very honored to be included on the list great we'll talk to you soon talk to you soon thank you that's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30 I hope you enjoyed it if you want to reach out to us with a comment or question please do so at under 30 that's the number 30 at podcast1.com Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.